With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Politicians from the 13 American colonies come together in this building, right here, to plot what turns out to be a revolution. A contentious Continental Congress needs to set forth some convincing reasons for declaring war. Congress turns to a brilliant 33-year-old aristocrat from Virginia, Thomas Jefferson. In a matter of days, the red-haired wonder writes one of the most celebrated manifestos for human freedom and self-government in the history of Western civilization. The Continental Congress authorizes Philadelphia printer John Dunlap to print 200 broadsides, poster-sized sheets. The document, unsigned, is then rushed to waiting horsemen who put it in their saddlebags and gallop throughout the colonies. See if this revolutionary war is to be won Thousands of farmers and tradesmen must be persuaded to take up arms and fight. And they do. And not many people realize it today, but scholars believe Jefferson intended for the Declaration to be performed and not just read. Its words and rhythms were written to be spoken in proud and defiant tones in grand public places. It's a safe bet that the Continental Congress never had in mind a performer like me. That is to say, a black man. Thomas Jefferson was not ignorant of the problem of slavery, of course. He called it a moral and political depravity. And in the original draft of the Declaration, denounced the slave trade as a cruel war against human nature itself. But Congress thought better of this particular item and deleted it. In fact, there was no mention of slavery or black people or of women, for that matter, in this preeminent statement on the equal rights of man. So it makes you wonder, how could a man who himself held slaves write with such incredible passion and eloquence about human liberation and the promise of a democratic republic? Why, some may ask, do I bring up such embarrassing truths on this glorious occasion? I answer, the real glory of the Declaration of Independence has been our nation's epic struggle throughout history to close the gap between the ideals of this remarkable document and the sometimes painful realities of American life. The Declaration symbolizes the birth of our nation, of course, but also the constant struggle to achieve its ideals. Consider, the words of this document inspired the French Revolution in 1789. 200 years later, the revolt of Chinese students in Tiananmen Square. It inspired Abraham Lincoln to issue the Emancipation Proclamation, Martin Luther King Jr. to fight for civil rights, and women's suffragettes to fight for the vote. This business of fulfilling the Declaration of Independence is a difficult struggle, but it is also an ennobling struggle. Jefferson called the Declaration an expression of the American mind. It is why this nation is so great and why I am so proud to be an American. 
Here now are those sentiments as first expressed in this very place. When, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitled them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government. Laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let that be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable only to tyrants. He has called together legislative bodies that places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers incapable of annihilation have returned to the people at large for their exercise. The state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states, for that purpose, obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of land. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislature. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our Constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation. For quartering large bodies of armed troops among us. For protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states. For cutting off our trade with all parts of the world 
for imposing taxes on us without our consent. For depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies. For taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our government. For suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is, at this time, transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny, already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy, scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages, and totally unworthy of the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections amongst us and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity. And we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They, too, have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguinity. We must, therefore, acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them, as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do, in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are, and of right, ought to be free and independent states. That they are absolved from all allegiance to the British Crown. And that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. And that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Declaration of Independence. Welcome, everybody, to the C. Robert Jones Conservative Report. I am Cool Mike filling in for Clarence Robert Jones. He and that Ph.D. and his beautiful wife have taken off to, I believe, the, uh, I, you know, I'm not sure, Falkland Islands, uh, St. Martin, Aruba, who knows? He's somewhere really nice enjoying his vacation, and I'm in for him as traditionally year in and year out I do. Actually, this is the second year. 
What does it mean to be an American? Have we forgotten? That's exactly what tonight's topic is all about. I encourage all of you to go to look at the event page or scroll up and take a look. We listen day in and day out to the news in which almost every single segment is about the bad people of America. Are we a nation of cowards? The bad people of race, color, ethnic origin, national origin, creed, religion, political belief, sex, sexual orientation, marital status. They are taking America to hell in a handbasket. But let's take a closer look, because tonight that's exactly what we're going to do. Because it seems like the people that continue to look at race, color, ethnic origin, etc., religion, is the media. <laughs> oh, and, of course, the hate mongrels. But since the beginning of man, governments, kings, pharaohs, warlords, they've always looked to rule over its people. And people themselves, in almost every way, shape, or form, have listened and followed and obeyed the master. Well, that was until 0 B.C. All of that came to a change with a new king, and his name was Jesus Christ. Thirty-three years later, with loud cheering sections, this man was killed. But just 72 hours later, he returned with a message. 1776 years later, Thomas Jefferson stood up. Many behind him took a stand. They declared independence from Fat George, the King of England. The rest, my friends, was history. They were known as freedom fighters and the founding fathers. Founding fathers. Heroes and true Americans. But wait, according to whom? It seems like my newest chocolate girlfriend, Maxine Waters, has plenty of opposite names for him. And so does Louis Farrakhan, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, Sheila Jackson Lee, Mr. Shabazz of the uh, Black Panther movement. <laughs> They've got different names for them. What does it mean to have a title, I am an American? Have you forgotten? We ask our federal government to balance the budget and secure the borders, but when they do nothing, we do nothing but re-elect them in an overwhelming support. We say verify American jobs go to American workers, and they ignore us, and we do nothing. Why do so many laws apply to we the people, but they don't apply to Congress? Today we are going to play some recordings. We're going to answer some questions and question some answers. And yes, indeed, I tossed another person out of that chat room. <laughs> See, we got Judgment in there, Judgment Zero and Annie. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, they taught me well. My friends, what the hell is going on here? Anyone want to tell me what's happened to this country? Come on, what in the hell has happened to this country? I mean, we got a president talking about uh, martial law, signing in all these, and nothing. Nothing. Today, the debate in health care, how did it get so far? How did this health care bill get to the Supreme Court to begin with? What in the hell has happened to this country? Huh? Anyone want to tell me what the hell's going on? <laughs> well, that's because an awful lot of these people, some of which in the chat room, sorry, I had to show some of your friends at the door, but let's take a look at what some of them. Some of the Americans, an awful lot of Americans, want in this country. What is it? Is working for the man not working for you? Are you tired of watching everyone else have more than you, even if you don't have a job? Well, now there's an answer to all your problems. It's one you know you can trust because it's brought to you by the U.S. government. It's American Socialism. With American Socialism, you can have it all. A free house, a free car, free health care, and free airline travel. And it won't cost you anything except your freedom. And it's all brought to you by Harry Reid, Nancy Pelosi, Dick Durbin, and His Holiness Barack Obama. 
How do you get American socialism? It's easy. Just vote for Democrats like Harry Reid, Nancy Pelosi, Dick Durbin, and His Holiness, Barack Obama. You only need to be an American citizen. Come to think of it, you don't need to be an American citizen. In fact, it's even better if you're not. Where will the money come from to pay for American socialism? Don't worry. It will come from your fellow Americans, even your neighbors, and the rich. Don't worry about them. They have plenty of money. We'll even take their 401ks from them if necessary. When shopping for socialism, you don't want some wimpy European-French socialism or some other foreign socialism. You don't know what you'll get. You want only patriotic American socialism, brought to you by Harry Reid, Nancy Pelosi, Dick Durbin, and His Holiness, Barack Obama. Why wait? Don't let the Constitution get in the way. Get your American socialism now. This message brought to you by Concerned Phony Baloney American Scientists, Academics, Bureaucrats, and Journalists for American Socialism. And just like everyone else, takes no responsibility for either its content or anything else. Message valid until free speech is suppressed. Yeah, why wait? <laughs> why wait for American Socialism? I mean, it's great. You get yourself a car, get yourself a house, free health care. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> that house may be a broken down trailer. That car may only have one wheel and probably no steering wheel. And as we all know, it, depending on your age, the health care takes care of itself. So what the hell is happening to this country? Anyone want to tell me what the hell is going on? Really a sad day. While these take place, we just sit around and do nothing. What a crime. What a crime. And you know what? The federal government has asked Americans to spy on each other. I mean, these are things that took place in the Nazi era. Now they got something called the Patriot App. No, no, no. Here goes Cool Mike again, the Patriot Act. No, no, not A-C-T, A-P-P, Patriot App. Oh, yes, wipe from your phone. You can get on your hands and knees and you can blow Homeland Security and swallow every drop they put in your mouth. Give a listen here. You know what, I'm going to hold off on that piece a minute because I want to play something else that is really important. This takes a few minutes, but just listen to this story. This says everything, absolutely everything. I was so lucky to find this, and it's just a great piece. It is lengthy, but it's well worth it. Give a listen. Mike's got something, all right. He's got America. But there are guys who stay up nights figuring out how to take that away from him. I happen to know the facts. My friends, I'm just an average American. But I'm an American-American. And some of the things I see in this country of ours make my blood boil. I see people with foreign national money. I see Negroes holding jobs that belong to me and you. Now I ask you, if we allow this thing to go on, what's going to become of us real Americans? I've heard this kind of talk before, but I never expected to hear it in America. Swallow seems to know what he's talking about. What are we real Americans going to do about it? You'll find it right here in this little pamphlet. The truth about Negroes and foreigners. The truth about the Catholic Church. Do you believe in that kind of talk? I don't know. Makes pretty good sense to me. And I tell you, friends, we'll never be able to call this country our own until it's a country without. Without what? Yeah, without what? Without Negroes. Without alien foreigners. Without Catholics. Without Freemasons. You know What's wrong with the Masons? I'm a Mason. Hey, that fellow's talking about me. And that makes a difference, doesn't it? These are your enemies. These are the people who are trying to take over our country. Now, you 
you know them. You know what they stand for. And it's up to you and me to fight them. Fight them and destroy them before they destroy us. Thank you. Before he said Mason, you were ready to agree with him. Well, yes, but he was talking about... What about those other people? But in this country, we have no other people. We are American people. What about you? You aren't American, right? I was born in Hungary, but now I am an American citizen. And I have seen what this kind of talk can do. I saw it in Berlin. What were you doing there? I was a professor at the university. I heard the same words we have heard today. But I was a fool then. I thought Nazis were crazy people, stupid fanatics. But unfortunately, it was not so. You see, they knew that they were not strong enough to conquer a unified country. So they split Germany into small groups. They used prejudice as a practical weapon to cripple the nation. Of course, that was not easy to do. They had to work hard to do it. You see, we human beings are not born with prejudices. Always they are made for us. Made by someone who wants something. Remember that when you hear this kind of talk. Somebody is going to get something out of it. And it isn't going to be you. This is not classroom theory. I saw it happen. I saw it first in Berlin in 1932. Five young men that I knew were standing in the crowd listening to the Nazi speaker. Eric was a Catholic. Anton, a student of mine, was a Jew. Heinrich owned a small hardware store. Karl was a farmer. And Hans was an unemployed metal worker. To all Bavarian Germans, I say at this time you inherited the nation which rightfully belongs to you. To you alone belongs the glorious destiny of the greater Germany. The Nazi party will provide land for the farmer, work for the worker, and profit for the small businessman. Who is getting these things now? The Jew. The Jew who has stolen our nation and our birthright. Who makes all the money and takes all our jobs? The Jew! He must be shunned. He must be ostracized. He must be eliminated. And the Catholics, we don't want our great nation run by a foreign church. We Germans will know what to do with these people when the time comes. They and their faith must be destroyed. Then there are the Freemasons. In Germany, we have no place for secret societies. There may be only one society, and that is the Nazi party. There may be no secrecy about that in the new greater Germany. One by one, he attacked each minority and he split them off one from the other. These men were all fellow Germans when they came here today. Now they were split into rival groups, suspicious of each other, hating each other. They were being swindled, all of them. But the man who was really being fooled was Hans. He was pure German, according to Nazi standards. To him, they promised everything, and he fell for it. That's how Hans became a superman. They gave him a uniform, and they pumped up his ego. He wasn't just a little fellow out of work anymore. He was a member of the master race. Hans and thousands of others like him all playing a sucker's game. They gambled with other people's liberty. And of course, they lost their own. A nation of suckers. Hitler needed these people. There was lots of work to be done. There were trade unions to be smashed. Because unions were organized and might offer resistance. There were many political parties in Germany. These the Nazis destroyed. They were determined to smash every organization where people might band together and resist them. There were Jews to be beaten and killed. The Jews were not powerful, but they were a convenient excuse for all the nation's ills. And besides, a Nazi party member could not take over this man's store. Hundreds of Catholics were put in jail because the Catholic Church had strength and could resist the Nazi drive for power. They had split the nation into a hundred pieces. And then one by one, they had destroyed the pieces. 
Over these broken pieces, the Nazis rode into power. One party, one nation, one religion. These men had won their struggle for power. They now ruled all of Germany. But still they had trouble with their oldest and most persistent enemy, the truth. They found that truth does not die easily. And so they decided to abolish truth. One great source of truth is literature. So they burned books, 20 million of them. Many great men in Germany who were spokesmen for truth were jailed or driven from their country. Teachers, writers, scientists. Education was discouraged. In five years, college attendance dropped 53%. It was forbidden to listen to a British radio program or read an American newspaper. In Nazi Germany, you had to get your information from Dr. Goebbels. He knew what was best for you. The church was one force in Germany still strong enough to proclaim the truth in public. This Catholic priest was arrested the following day on charges of immorality. The Protestant church also continued to try and fight for truth. The Nazis put this man in a concentration camp. There were others who spoke for truth, and I am proud to say that educators were among them. And what, may I ask, is an Aryan? I don't know myself. But let us see what our present so-called authorities have to say about it. They say he is tall. Slender. Blue eye. And blonde. There is no Aryan race. And more important, there is no master race. There are people who may find these ideas convenient, but science cannot support them. There is no scientific proof that there's any correlation between a man's racial characteristics and his native ability or character. In all racial groups, we find the same range of potentialities. We find idiots and geniuses. We find criminals and philanthropists. We must judge each man as an individual and not by the color of his skin or his eyes or by the length of his nose. Come in, gentlemen. It's comfortable. And remember that there is no master race. That is a scientific truth. Anyone who tells you otherwise is lying. And so for all practical purposes, truth has been abolished in Germany. A lot of my German friends wondered what had hit them. How did it happen? Where did it start? It started right here. And this was where it could have been stopped. If those people had stood together, if they had protected each other, they could have resisted the Nazi threat. Together they would have been strong. But once they allowed themselves to be split apart, they were helpless. When that first minority lost out, Everybody lost that. They made the mistake of gambling with other people's freedom. Now let's see how those bets paid off. Carl the farmer was gambling on a better life for himself. What he got was extra hours of back-breaking work, as much as a hundred hours a week. He was forced to stay on his land and produce what he was told to produce, because now Hitler was preparing for war. For Heinrich, who owned the hardware store, the bet didn't pay off either. 104,000 small businesses were closed in two years. And for Hunt, conditions hadn't improved any. He had a job now, in the munitions factory, but he worked long hours for little pay. The 
working conditions grew increasingly bad. And even though he didn't like the job, he wasn't permitted to leave it. And when Hitler decided the time was right, Germany went to war. Not by declaring war, but by a carefully prepared sneak attack. Once again, Hitler needed Hans to do his dirty work. Hans was an expert at brutality this time. And Hitler had decided to use Hans and his brutality against other people. The Czechs, the Poles, the French, the Russians. But in the crucial test of war, Hitler's race theories didn't pay off. His pure-blooded supermen were defeated by the mongrel armies he despised. By the British of El Alamein. the Russians at Stalingrad. Then on D-Day by American soldiers of every color and religion who smashed across the Normandy beaches and drove on through to the heart of Germany. For the misguided Germans who had swallowed the Nazi bait, the Nazi game did not pay off. The continent of Europe was strewn with millions of German bodies pure Aryan bodies. Karl, the farmer, was left in the snow outside of Moscow. Heinrich stayed in Italy at Salerno. And Hans, who was going to rule the world, got only a little patch of Normandy that he could call his own. We must never let that happen to us or to our country. We must never let ourselves be divided by race or color or religion. Because in this country, we all belong to minority groups. I was born in Hungary. You are a Mason. These are minorities. And then you belong to other minority groups, too. You are a farmer. You have blue. You go to the Methodist church. Your right to belong to these minorities is a precious thing. You have a right to be what you are and say what you think, because here we have personal freedom. We have liberty. And these are not just fancy words. This is a practical and priceless way of living. But we must work at it. We must guard everyone's liberty, or we can lose our own. If we allow any minority to lose its freedom by persecution or by prejudice, we are threatening our own freedom. And this is not simply an idea. This is good, hard, common sense. You see, here in America, it's not a question whether we tolerate minorities. America is minority. And that means you and me. So let's not be suckers. We must not allow the freedom or dignity of any man to be threatened by any act or word. Let's be selfish about it. Let's forget about we and they. Let's think about us. How cool is that? That was quite lengthy, but quite educational. I hope to play that uh, definitely again sometime down the road. But very, very true. Just think. Wow, that was recorded back in the 50s? Hmm. Sound familiar, anybody? <laughs> oh, good, after, good evening. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Conservative Report. I am Cool Mike in for Dr. Jones. Wow, that that is a that is a great piece. That is just super super awesome. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. Grab the phone lines. We're gonna also play. <clears throat> I want to update everybody on something really exciting that's about to take place. <laughs> it's just a clip, but anyway, we'll be right back. What better song to play for this show than America?
Welcome back to the C. Robert Jones Conservative Hour. Oh, great song as we follow up. So, following up, what in the world has happened to America? This is the same piece, that piece that was playing, that was played. These are games that were played back in the, before Jesus was even around, with the kings and the pharaohs and the warlords splitting up people, dividing them into races, into groups, and causing basically civil unrest. Sound familiar? Does it? Are we a nation of cowards? People with no backbone to fight and stand up for the Constitution? Looking back on just, even going back to the 30s, how we just allowed government to take more and more until finally the last 10 years, 12 years now, and today, health care discussed at the civil or at the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court nationalized and socialized health care by a federal bureaucracy has gotten to the Supreme Court because we, the spineless, have allowed government to step on us, to brainwash us. I mean, there is no doubt or there is probably in zero question that four votes are going to be for nationalized, socialized medicine. I don't think there's any question that the liberals stick together. We see it continuously, over and over and over. The Constitution is meaningless to these people. The Founding Fathers were evil people. They wrote the Constitution all wrong. They were slave owners and just horrible men. I'm sure Judge Sotomayor agrees wholeheartedly with that, yet she serves on the Supreme Court. But either way, 
Judge Kennedy is basically the swing vote. Is he going to go down in history as a person who ruled that Obamacare is legal and and constitutional? Or will the Supreme Court rule that the federal government has no right to mandate, to mandate on its states, on its citizens? Who knows the answer to that question? The Patriot Act? Nope. Now it's time for it. The Patriot App. The federal government wants you to spy and to rat out everybody. Oh, they're your friend. (laughs) An application now for your smartphone where you can just talk to a buddy at Homeland Security, the FBI? (laughs) Yeah. You see something suspicious? Well, you just download that app and you just apply it to your telephone. You get down on your hands and knees and, well, we won't repeat that, but, uh, yeah. The Patriot app, my friends. Everybody must have it. Not. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Here it is, John Stone at UticaFreePress.com. Today, we are going to talk about the iPhone Patriot app. What an Orwellian term, isn't it? Just like the Patriot Act. It's not patriotic at all. Neither is this app. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching this on YouTube, click the link in my description and you'll go right to my article on my blog at UticaFreePress.com. This Patriot app brought out by the iPhone encourages you to report and spy on your fellow American citizen. This app connects directly to the uh, Department of Homeland Security, FBI, CIA, It's incredible. Once you get on there, check it out. Uh, It's a total Stasi form. I mean, it asks all kinds of questions about what was going on. You just need to check it out for yourself. Now, the the icons in the app, um, you can report here. I have a list here. National security, suspicious activity, crime report, product safety, environmental safety, uh, government waste. (laughs) That's a good one. Pandemic. Employee whistleblower. Oh, that's a good one. You know what happens to whistleblowers? They always end up mysteriously dead. Uh, the most wanted. Um, you know what? If you have an iPhone, I encourage you to get that app. Then you can report the true criminals in this country. I have a, um, a droid, and they don't have the app for it. I checked it out, but once they get that app available for that, I will get it because I have a small list of things I want to report. Um, one thing I want to report is... Uh, do you know who Anwar Al-Awlaki is? Well, 9-11, he was the number three wanted al-Qaeda guy. He has been reported to be behind the underwear bomb. He is reported to be behind the Fort Hood shooting. And there's a couple other things I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But as reported in USA Today, check it out, Anwar Al-Awlaki dined at the White House, or I'm sorry, at the Pentagon with the top military brass, and he was the number three wanted guy. He dined there three months after 9-11. Nothing's happened. Let's report that crime. Obviously, it's a crime. Uh, How about the TSA violating our Fourth Amendment, sticking their hands down our pants? This is a violation of Fourth Amendment. You're guilty until proven innocent. I'm going to report that. How about the Federal Reserve for destroying our uh, monetary system, printing money out of thin air, getting rid of the Glass-Steagall Act? They can print unlimited amounts of money with no backing. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not get too detailed into that. Check out how the Federal Reserve is destroying this country, is destroying the world with their bailouts. Look, it's it's crazy. I I'm just fed up. I I just I don't know. I just can't take it anymore. Um, how about uh, environmental safety? Let's report the manufacturer of GMO foods, uh, the cross species uh, when when they're doing all this molecular cons- uh, whatever you call it. I'm not a scientist. Where they're crossbreeding goats and spiders and you know all that crazy stuff. Uh, the GMO salmon now that they have a, a breed or a, they developed some genetic GMO salmon. Now they're fighting a bill that they don't have to tell you that it's GMO salmon when you buy it. Ladies and gentlemen, get the app, start reporting it, and, and get fired up. Let let's let them know who the true criminals of this country are, who the true terrorists are, and let's report it. God bless America. See you on the other side. Yep, 
God bless America. We'll see you on the other side. Can you imagine that? Oh, man. What does it mean to be conservative? What does it mean to be an American? Are we basically cowards? Do we have no spine? So, what does all this mean? Hmm. What's it mean to be conservative? Well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. Not too long ago. government asks that we concentrate our hopes and dreams on one man, that we trust him to do what's best for us. For my view of government places trust not in one person or one party, but in those values that transcend persons and parties. citizens are abused or attacked anywhere in the world on the direct orders of a hostile regime, we will respond. Terrorism is the preferred weapon of weak and evil men. And as Edmund Burke reminded us, in order for evil to succeed, it's only necessary that good men do nothing. I'll tell you where I stand. I do not favor a peacetime draft or registration, but... Pay and benefit levels that will attract and keep highly motivated men and women in our volunteer forces. I think we're foretelling our senior citizens that no one in this country should be denied medical care because of a lack of funds. But I think we're against forcing all citizens, regardless of need, into a compulsory government program. We're for a provision that destitution should not follow unemployment by reason of old age. And to that end, we've accepted Social Security as a step toward meeting the problem. But we're against those entrusted with this program when they practice deception regarding its fiscal shortcomings. When they charge that any criticism of the program means that we want to end payments to those people who depend on them for a livelihood. They've called it insurance. is not the sole answer to our energy needs. America must get to work producing more energy. Large amounts of oil and natural gas lay beneath our land and off our shores untouched because the present administration seems to believe the American people would rather see more regulation, more taxes, and more controls than more energy. Ours will be, we have to move ahead. But we're not going to leave anyone behind. That, my friends, do I even need to say who that was? President Ronald Reagan. Well, his policies may not have always matched what he said, but boy, oh boy, he was, he is just incredible when it comes to talking. (laughs) Definitely the best president of, of our, of our at least, definitely since the 80s. I mean, without question about that. Well, well, well. Socialism. Here we are. Day one. Day one of nationalized health care before the Supreme Court. Shame on all of us. Letting something like this get to the Supreme Court. How in the world did we not just stop this dead in its tracks? Well, the Democrats controlled Congress at the time. Oh, please. 
bottom line is that we as Americans have lost our backbone. And we as Americans need to get it back, and we need to get it back very, very soon. My famous little laughing statement, uh, we used to laugh about... uh, um, about someday they'll be telling you what kind of light bulbs to put in your house. <laughs> yeah, we know that's already happening. Don't we? Scary times, scary thoughts, and scary ideas, for sure. So anyway, what does it mean to be an American? Have we forgotten what it means to be an American? Have we? Have we forgotten? Think about it. The Patriot Act. The Patriotic Extensions. Being able to arrest an American. An American. He doesn't need a lawyer because our president says he is an enemy combatant. He can be held indefinitely. He doesn't need a lawyer because he or she is an enemy combatant. He or she also doesn't need a lawyer because they're a terrorist. Well, even if they do get a lawyer, the feds still have a right to eavesdrop and listen in on the conversations now, don't they? Because that person is an enemy of the United States. Of course, we may not even know this person's name. We just know that they're an enemy. Hmm. Wow. Almost scary. So scary. Almost scary. Let me rephrase that. It is very, very, very scary. It's even more scary that it's come to this point. Well, my friends, the information is out there now. The show soon will be available for download. It's up to you to decide. Where do we go from here? For those of you who have some spare time, why don't you go check out Southern Sense? Uh, we had a great show today with uh, John. Um, can't remember John's last name, but John is running for the presidency of the United States under the Constitution Party, and it's really, really a great, great, uh, great show. Also, a week ago on Tuesday, we had a great show. Oh man, we had current. Anyway, we just downloaded it. It's great. Following tonight, conservative prime time at eleven thirty. And, yes, (laughs) Judgment wanted me to remind everyone about the 30,000 drones for the U.S. territories. Uh, We will be discussing that a lot more um, next week. And John Mailer was the individual. John Lewis Mailer was the individual running for president. But, anyway, we will be talking more about that next week. And next week, Tuesday, we are going to have Andrea Shea King. Um, Sharon Hughes, and of course, my very favorite mother, Annie Ubelis, co-founder of Beaufort Tea Party. It's a women's night out. That's a week from today. That's going to be such a great show that, uh, that what's her name, that Ann Bart- Bernhardt or whatever, she wrote me back the bitchiest little email. She said I was unstable or something. But anyway, so we're going to have uh, them join us. And there's also someone else. Oh, I invited Andrea Russo of New York. Who also has a great show on um, on Blog Talk Radio. Man, got some honeys there. Annie and Sharon, Andrea Shea King. Wow. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. 11.30 p.m. tonight, conservative prime time. Good night. Let's see Robert Jones' conservative report. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.